This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll be finishing off chapter 1, uh, looking at verses 22 through 25. Um, we started off in the book of 1 Peter. Uh, the first half of it was tell- telling us what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And the second half of it has primarily been... Um, Because of what God has done for us in Jesus, this is how we are to live. Um, We're still in that section of because of what God has done, this is how we should live. And and there's a connection to what we've already seen before. Remember, um, in the very beginning, the text tells us we have been, if we're believers in Jesus, if we've trusted in Him, we have been sprinkled with His blood. We have been forgiven of our sins. We have had our, our, our sins washed away. We have been sprinkled by His blood. We've also uh, been born again to a new hope, right? That's one of the things. And remember, we ought to praise Him because we've been born again, right? Um, that, that was the whole point here, right? Um, we need to praise Him. The, the fact that we have been born again to this living hope is the reason why we ought to praise Him. So as the, little, as the kids this morning saying, if you're happy and you know it, say amen, right? Uh, what should make you happy? Knowing that we've been born again. Knowing that we have an eternal hope that will last forever, that is imperishable. Knowing that, that God keeps us. That ought to make us happy, right? So say amen, right? Kids? Say amen. <laughs> that, that ought to cause us to praise Him in response to what God has done. Not in order to gain His acceptance, not in order to be able to become born again, but in response to the fact that He has done this work in our lives. Verse 13 turns the corner and it tells us we ought to set our hope fully on the grace that's to be revealed. Our, our, our response to what God has done is we're to, to be heavenly minded. We're to set our hope fully on that grace. We are to be holy as He is holy. That's another one of the responses that we are to have. To, to live a life of holiness. We, we don't try to be extra super holy so that God will accept us. No, we live out a life of holiness because He has already accepted us in, in Christ. He has caused us to be born again. He has this living hope for us in the future. And last time I was with you, we looked at we're to live in fear. Not, not a dread, but we're to, to live in fear. In a, with, a, with a healthy fear that helps us, keeps us from, from falling off the rails spiritually and morally, uh, but, but we're to live with the fear of God. Now today, we have another thing, another way we respond. We, we set our hopefully on the grace that's to be revealed. We live holy lives. We fear God and we love one another. That's where we're going this morning. We love one another this morning. Uh, and that's, that's what we're looking at this morning. Um, in response to what God has done, remember? 
This is not something we do in order to gain God's acceptance. This is not some kind of moralism that says, if you do this, then God will love you. No, it's because of what God has done in His grace. Therefore, we love one another in response. Um, Verse 22 of chapter 1 will begin. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is grass, all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. It is what we are thinking on this morning. Your word brings us life. Your word is what causes us to be born again to this living hope. Your word is that imperishable seed that lasts forever. And Father, we pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see today. In Jesus' name, amen. He begins, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. Just like it said in the very first verses, we've been sprinkled by His blood. He's pointing back. Having done this, having purified your souls, we've, it's something that's already happened. Our souls have been purified by the blood of Jesus being applied to us. So we are clean. This is, this is saying, it's not a command saying, purify your souls. No, it's, it's something that's already done, that God has done on our behalf, uh, it says, by your obedience to the truth. And what is that truth? Uh, it, it's the gospel. Uh, and, and how do you obey the truth? It's by believing it. You believe the truth of the gospel that God sent His Son, Jesus, to die for us, to give Himself in our place. Uh, and, and by believing the gospel that, that God sent His Son as a sacrifice for our sins, who died and rose again, by believing that truth, that is what purified our souls. And, and then He gives us a reason. Having purified your souls by obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Why is it that God has saved us? There was a purpose behind, you know, as some have said, there's a method to this madness. You know? There was a purpose behind God's plan to send His Son to die in our place. He, he, his purpose was to create a community of people who love one another. That was one of His purposes. He, he, he did this. He purified us. He has changed us so that we would have a sincere brotherly love for one another. And notice here it says sincere. Sincere. So oftentimes we, 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 you've probably seen it, maybe not here, 
But in other places where everybody kind of puts on a face when they come to church and they put on that face of being nice and sweet and, and trying, to, trying to show love for one another, but you can see right through it. Right? But this, the love that He has saved us for is to be a, to be a sincere love. To have a, a real, real love that, that it's not some kind of a fake thing that you put on when you're around other people, but it's really something that is from the heart. And He tells us here, finally, He gets to a command. We've, we've had our souls purified. We've, we've had our souls purified by an obedience to the truth, by believing the gospel for a sincere brotherly love. Now he commands us, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. You know, that's the kind of command we want to hear, isn't it? You know, so often we, 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 we focus on the prohibitions, Right? Uh, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. But here is a command that's positive in its nature. Love one another. But that doesn't make it any easier, does it? Because we're all sinners. <laughs> though we've been redeemed, though we've been changed, we still live in, in, in this, this decaying flesh and, and we, uh, we still experience the, the effects of sin in our lives. And so... Sometimes we get on each other's nerves. Sometimes we, we, uh, we make one another mad. Sometimes we sin against one another, even as believers. But we are to love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Because we've had our hearts pure. Because He's made us pure. Because He's washed us. He's sprinkled us with His blood. Then we ought to love one another from a pure heart. A pure heart that's sincere, that, that, uh, that has, no, has no false motives within it. But we ought to love one another from a pure heart. And it's earnestly uh, to, to really feel that love for one another. Um, to care for one another as believers. That is the focus of the command here in the Scripture. That is what we are to obey from, from God's words here, we are to love one another earnestly. Not out of a sense of, of uh, just trying to look right, because that is only hypocrisy. But, but loving one another earnestly, truly, from the heart. And he gives us another reason. And this reason, I think, is what he dwells on for the rest of the passage. We ought to love one another since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. We have been born again. And, and, and remember, he's called us brothers. He, he's, he's said that we're adopted by God, that we are God's children. We're supposed to imitate our father. We're just like he is holy. We're to be holy as obedient children, remember? And, and so since we are children of God, how do we get to be children of God? We got to be children of God because we've been born again. We've, if we are believers here, if we, those of us who are present here who are, who are tr trusting in Jesus, we are born again. God has done something in our hearts. 
He's changed us. He's brought us into His family. He's, he's made us... And, and, and we're not just... A, you know, it's a little odd whenever this message may be preached to a congregation where most people are related. <laughs> and I have the same thing at my church, at, at the church where I pastor, because, because uh, we have a lot of my family members who come out and, and join us as well. Um, but in, in reality here... This is not just talking about loving one another within the family, but this is talking about loving one another in our new family that God has made us a part of. In our new family, I mean, uh, we, are, we, have, we have ties together that go beyond, that, that are, are stronger and deeper than our biological relationships. He says, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable Whenever he's talking about perishable and imperishable seed, right? Uh, and, and I've talked about perishable before. I right? remember we, we, the, 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 that nice juicy peach. <laughs> that nice juicy peach that's, that's so good until it's, you know, not. <laughs> the perishable seed, that's, that's our biological relationships. And we treasure those things. We treasure, we treasure our biological relationships uh, we we, we want to we want to say family is the most important thing oftentimes and and secular people can agree with that right secular people will say yes family is the most important thing but you know what as believers as as what the scriptures teach there's actually something that's even more important than family um, the old saying says blood is thicker than water right. Blood is thicker than water, meaning family kinships is thicker, is, is, it takes precedence over the waters of baptism. Blood is thicker than water. But according to Scripture, water is thicker than blood. What God has done in changing us, in, in redeeming us, in bringing us together into a new family, those ties that we have by our new birth are more strong and more enduring than our biological relationships. The imperishable seed is the Word of God that causes us to be born again. It's, he tells us here, the living and abiding Word of God is that imperishable seed. He tells us, here he's describing the Word of God and he, and he quotes this passage from Isaiah 40 that Tom read. All flesh is grass. All people are grass like, like uh, Thomas read. Um, all flesh is grass and all its glory like the flower of the field. Uh, you know, you get, you get the grass growing up in the springtime and it's time to get the mower. Go mow your lawn. And you got maybe clippings around, but after a while they're just going to become compost, you know. And you get through the summer, and you get to this time of the year, and oh, don't have to mow anymore, right? It's fading. It's it, and it's fading. It lasts for just a little while, and it's gone. So all flesh, and here it's our biological relationships, are grass. And all its glory like, like the flower of grass. The, the grass withers and the flower falls, but 
the word of the Lord remains forever. People, animals, flesh, all, all flesh, all living things are just grass. Our lives are, are lived here in a moment and they're gone. But the word of the Lord here is saying, the word of the Lord remains forever. Uh, what He speaks and what He does. When He, he spoke and, and created everything. He speaks and by His Word brings new life to us. Jesus said, My sheep hear My voice and they follow Me. It's that Word that when we hear the Gospel, the last verse here, the last part of verse 25, it's, it's Peter commenting on this Word of the Lord that lasts forever, that it remains forever. He says, and this Word is the good news that was preached to you. So when you heard the Gospel, when you heard the Gospel of Jesus coming to this earth, living a perfect life, dying for our sins in our behalf, and raising again. When you heard that, that produced a change in you. It was, it was, you were hearing the voice of the shepherd, and it brought life into you. The Word of, the God, uh, the word of God is what produces salvation. It's the Word of God. It's, that's why I don't preach topical messages. <laughs> and I, I preach just expository sermons straight out of the Bible. It's because nobody's going to... Well, I mean, God can, God can use Balaam's donkey. <laughs> so He can use anything. But when, when you're focusing straight on the Word of God, that's where the power is. It has the power to produce life. That's, um, so, God's Word lasts forever, and it produces this new relationship that we have with one another. Our biological relationships are like grass that, that wither and fail, but our new relationship that we have with one another in Christ for what He has done in us and bringing us into a new family, that will last forever. The relationship that we have, that you and I have as believers in Christ who have been born again to this living hope will last forever in this future hope that we live together in. And the relationship that we have with our lost loved ones who never receive Christ who never trust in Him, who are never born again, will end. And so the consequence of that, or the, the, the uh, inference from that is, we ought to love one another fervently from the heart. Our, our relationship with one another as believers will go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It will last forever because the Word of God has produced in our heart a new reality and a new relationship with one another. Why ought we to love one another when it's hard? When sometimes we, like I said, we get on each other's nerves. Why ought we to continue to love one another? Because God's made us a family. And it's a family that's more enduring than the one that's our first family. 
the one we're going to have with one another lasts forever. And our Father is God. Love one another. That is, that is the burden of this text. Love one another. Not just those of us who are related, but love one another. I want to bring one more thing in here. It, sometimes when we hear this, we think it's love everybody. Love everybody, right? This is talking about believers. <laughs> This thing about believers. This isn't just saying, you know, sometimes, you know, the Bible tells us we ought to love our enemies, right? But there's a way in which we love believers that's different from where we, where we just love everybody. Uh, yes, God has produced within our hearts a love. Uh, if we're believers, if we've trusted in Him, if we've been born again, we have a love that's general for everyone, but at the same time, the relationship that He's brought us in ought to cause us to have a fervent, earnest love for one another that's more special and unique than just the general love we have for just our neighbor. God has, by His Word, produced new life within us. He's put a new heart within us He has caused us to be born again. That ought to cause us to praise Him, right? And it also ought to cause us to love one another.